Hey gents, there was some weirdness with Skype on this one, but I thought we had a great conversation. We do jump around a lot, but there's also some explicit language in here. Just wanted to give you a forewarning. So I put the explicit language tag on in iTunes and otherwise, please enjoy the conversation with Christian from Theo Harris. Okay. No we lost you right as you said, you fucking asshole. Yeah, the people, you know, like you fucking asshole. How dare you dislike the Alpinist, you know? And I'm like, whoa, everybody relax, you know, like, you know, it's, it's like, chill out. We're going to be OK, you know, the only brands you can dislike are Invicta and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the other ones. But those are the ones that are OK to dislike. I like movement and all that. Oh, yeah. 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 Everyone, everyone doesn't. No one likes that. Apart from the guys that are being paid to like it. You know, though, I, I think, I don't know, for some reason, Grand Seiko is becoming like more and more appealing to me, like. I don't know. I feel like that van, that brand is going to gain a lot of value. It, it seems like kind of an up and comer, and I'm lots of love no about. An expert. Yeah, they're 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 amazing. At yeah, the price, they're just crazy. Exactly, and the price point is very fair. You know, I kind of say as far as like value is concerned, say like Grand Seiko is one of the few brands that like might even beat JLC and JLC is like a big value brand. Like JLC will bring, you know, in, in the world of luxury watches, you know, which I suppose it's kind of antithetical to value. Seiko does bring a lot of value even compared to JLC. And they really yeah. are the only brand that spans the $50 watch to the multi-thousand dollar watch. Oh yeah. Way up there. I mean, they have like Credor, which is one of their subsidiary brands that I don't even know what they retail in, but they're big, big, big. Now they're paddock numbers. I mean, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You had a, a Grand Seiko in the shop not too long ago. Do those, do those sell fast? Yeah, they do because the price point, you know, allows them to be kind of gobbled up, right? They're depending, you know, depending on, on the model or, or stuff, your condition, you know, they're right around a thousand bucks in most cases. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, five to seven hundred dollars less than a really good Omega, and the quality is the same. You know, so it's really more of a brand and design thing. So if you are cool wearing, you know, if you if you like the Seiko just as much as you like Omega, you know, you just save five hundred bucks and got a great watch, even though you spent the thousand. <laughs> yeah, that, that that might be on my on my short list, a Grand Seiko, because I, I feel like, you know, now that I've been wearing the Rolex for a little while, kind of check that box at least for a little while. It's uh. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of okay now to branch out to some, I guess, less prestigious brands. Right. No, I agree. What other brands have, uh, if, if like watches aside, what other brands are you guys interested in right now? Oh man. Well, you know, I, I just got, um, I'm going to do a video about it pretty soon, but I just got my first full bespoke suit, um, from a brand called Alan David in New York. I haven't and, heard of uh, that. How was it? Yeah, there, it was awesome. I mean, the, you know, the experience is actually, it was a little strange because it wasn't, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't like, you know, not standard or like Michael Andrews, like they give you a drink and, you know, some slick showroom. It's like fifth generation, seventh floor of some nondescript building, like, you know, decent customer service, like friendly enough, but like not, it's not a customer experience play. Right. Um, the actual suit's amazing, you know? Really? Oh yeah. It's, and it's, it's noticeably different from my, obviously off the rack, but even my like, you know, custom made to measure suits. So, um, that's something I'm kind of excited about because that, that's my first foray into an actual, you know, from scratch bespoke garment. Right. What was the price point on something like that? I think that they start in the, I want to say upper one thousands, um, just for like the labor and everything, but yeah. you can go sky's the limit depending on which fabric. Yeah. You choose. Right. Yeah. 
that's a it's an amazing world of stuff. I mean, you know, if you, if you really start getting into clothing and stuff, it's it's great. I mean, maybe I just you know I'm just so desensitized to watches and how expensive they can be because they watches can be so expensive. But uh, for some reason, I think like you know three grand for a watch is not nearly as much as three grand for a jacket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is why. funny when you think about it like that. You know, like uh, a kind of entry level luxury watch could be the same as like a full bespoke suit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, which is which is funny. You're getting the best or the entry. You know, so right, it's right. Uh, it's kind of funny. But I, it, maybe it's just the way that we, you know, we're kind of conditioned to think what things are supposed to cost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's it's, been a little bit of my challenge now because I've uh, I've got so many shoes. It's so many different price points and the struggle that I've had to now go through because there's a considerable difference between the $60 Stan, Stan Smith and then like the common project. But when you get into that middle ground of like $150 shoes, $200 sneak, especially in sneakers, like I'm, I'm looking at all these white leather sneakers. Uh, it's like, how do you really communicate? Okay. If you value the fact that it's made in Italy, the fact that it is a certain type of leather, then you should spend X but then how to distinguish between the one that's $200 versus $240. Uh, that's probably been my like biggest existential crisis as I sit here with um, almost 20 pairs of shoes in front of me. Do you ever find like you get to a point where it's like, okay, I, I like it, but I honestly don't like it enough to have room for it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's how I am with shoes sometimes too. Like I love shoes. It's a big thing for me, but, uh, I, it's like, it gets to a certain point where it's like, where do you even put these things? Do you know what I mean? Whereas watches fit into a box. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, that's very true. And how many times you can wear them whenever you're probably just going to throw boat shoes on when you run to the coffee shop. Exactly. Like that's, you know, I, I bought a, a pair of, um, they're called like, it's called like campers, like kind of camping moccasins from, mm-hmm. uh, from Alan Edmonds like three weeks ago. And uh, they were on sale, and they, they were awesome. They these green, you know, like uh, these green, like you know, oiled, uh, oiled uh, leather uh, boat shoes, kind of. But they're they're real nice. And uh, that was like the first shoe in a while that I got, and I was like, oh, this, you know, it kind of deserves a distinct purpose. And wow, I think I got it for like less than hundred bucks, you know. And I'm 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 happy having them on my shoe rack. Whereas other things that I have, and I love them, I'm like, fuck, what am I gonna do with this? Like, you know, I I, I just I I gotta say the uh, the camp mock is one of my favorite styles of shoe. I think it's like boat shoe for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's it's so good. That's that that's a good pickup, man. But I agree, it's like. I'm kind of at the point where it's almost like one in, one out a little bit with shoes. You know, like, yeah, I got to get rid of stuff. Like, like, I've been, I got into lifting recently, so I've, I've been looking at, like, you know, a good, like, cross trainer slash lifting shoe from, like, Nike or Adidas or something. But I have these old Onosuka Tigers, and I have my Brooks running shoes. So I'm like, do I really need another athletic shoe? It's like, it would have to, it'd have to replace something, you know. It's funny. It's been so long, man. Isn't that weird? Time flies. It's fucking crazy. All right. So, so speaking of shoes, you know, I don't know if you pack light, pack heavy. What, what, what do you bring with you on on your vacation? Uh, you know, it's funny. I pack really, really light. Uh, I even I, I released a video on it just uh, on on YouTube pretty recently. I wear like a lot of espadrilles over the summer, which are the easiest to you know travel shoes ever. You know. They are the easiest traveling shoe, you know, ever. They're super thin. I find them comfortable. I know a lot of people say that they don't offer any arch support, so, you know, they can't wear them. But for me to just slip those on, whether on the beach or lunch, is just, you know, perfect. Uh, I wear a couple of Oxford shirts, a couple pairs of shorts. You know, my family overpacks, way overpacks. You know, they, they, I don't even – I don't know how you put 65 pounds of things in a suitcase. I don't understand what they're, what they're doing. 
You know, I have like, you know, four Oxford shirts, seven T-shirts, you know, shorts, and that's it. Two espadrilles. Like, it's how easy, you know? I can but, tell you uh, that I got an overweight rating when I packed for Menfluential, but that was like a special case. Yeah, right. That, that I can – that's business. Yeah. yeah. How about you guys? Are you, are you like good packers? My problem is that I, I go on these trips these days where they're like very like multi-purpose. So like, like for example, like in a couple of weeks I'm going to my brother's wedding in Ottawa and then I'm going straight to New York for uh, some work. So like between like the, you know, hanging out, the wedding outfit and then like a week of business, and a couple of photo shoots and stuff. It's just so much like I, I can't pack light, you know. Right. So it kind of depends on the trip for me. I've been forced to be a, a light packer through like traveling for work so much because I, I just like to have the carry on. And so whenever I'm packing, it's like I figure out which one pair of pants will work with which three dress shirts, and then I wear the jacket so I can be very efficient. I can also load up. I have a giant away suitcase, and I can load that thing up. And so uh, I actually have a video I'm going to put out about packing a weekender for like a max efficiency to keep that stuff down. But uh, what, uh, what weekender do you use? I, the one I have in the video is um, the Carl Friedrich Hanbury. It's this, like, made in Italy, gorgeous, like, amazing leather. Uh, for the longest time, I used one from Beckett and Simenon. They have a weekender that I bought, and I've had that probably since 2000. Oh, that's funny. They just emailed me. Yeah, they're moving out in marketing in a big way. They have a new marketing director who started, okay. and um, I had she, – she called me, too, because I was one of their uh, – the top affiliates. And, oh, okay. Uh, and I know that they're they're trying to really get their name out there because they have an amazing product. I've been I've had their shoes since like 2011, end of 2011, and I gotcha. still wear the original pair that I bought back then. And like, what which, which pair of shoes do you have? The sneakers? No, I have their um, I have one of their Oxfords that I bought when I was working at a law firm. But gotcha. that's one of the companies that, no matter how many times I've recommended it, people still come back and say they had the best experience. They love the shoes. Like I'm very. I like to very much stay in tune with what my audience say. Like if, like if I recommend a company and it, people have bad experience, I would never like recommend them again. But Beck and Simon right. is consistently like they love the customer experience. They love the product. They love the price. It's, it's all been good for them. It's funny. I, you know, we, I don't get too many, uh, too many of these you know, brand emails, um, especially because I don't, I don't kind of like encourage it. I don't, I don't really like create a you know, kind of uh, – I, I just haven't tried to get them. You know what I mean? So, and, and we only do one video that's off topic every other week, right? So I don't even have the, the space uh, in the video, in the content schedule to do a lot of brand stuff. So when I get brand emails, I usually – and this is so wrong, but I usually write them off as like spam in my head because, I mean, so, some of them, they're so generic and why does it, why does it matter? Why don't, why don't you take advantage of an opportunity? But I'm so turned off when I get a generic email like that. That uh, you know, the, the, I don't like it. Their email was personal, the Beckett and Simonon or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, I, I don't know who, who my contact is there. Adela or something. I, I don't yeah, remember. Adela. And Adela, yeah, and she's she's real nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, order a pair of sneakers. Those white those white sneakers. Like we were talking about before. I was just uh, saying I don't have a pair the of white trainers sneakers. or like the like just the clean the clean ones. I think just the clean the white leather just. Clean I'm thinking sneakers. about getting those trainers because I know Brock is in some of the GATs, the German Army trainers. Oh, okay, cool. Mm, yeah. yeah, those those look real good. I you know what I recently did with shoes? I've uh, always and this is like the douchiest thing in the world. I've uh 
I've always wanted a pair of um, like exotic loafers, um, and I, you know, it's it's they're the, they're the worst, right? But um, uh, I've always wanted a pair. And Gucci makes a really nice exotic horsebit loafer, and I'm a big horsebit loafer fan. But they're ridiculous price. They're like twenty seven hundred dollars or something like that. And one, I don't think I'm spending twenty seven hundred dollars on a shoe. And two, if I do, it's not going to be from Gucci, right? There are better, you know, way way better manufacturers of shoes. So uh, I ended up finding a pair on eBay recently um, for like you know way cheap, but they're in yellow, right? Like, so like, what, you know, what are you going to do with a pair of exotic loafers already are douchey, you know, what are you going to do with a pair of yellow pimp shoes, you know? So, uh, <laughs> so I, I reached out to, a, a a place in the city that does shoe dyeing, right? Which is kind of an expensive process, but, um, I, I've heard really positive things about it. So I, I reached out and I said, Hey, this is my situation. I'll make a piece of content about you doing it. You know, how would, you know, how's that sound? So uh, we're going to do that. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, feature off topic. Yeah, and we're going to turn my pimp shoes into, I guess, <laughs> more into more discreet pimp shoes. Right, right. <laughs> and the so, pimp with a little bit of class. So off topic, though, one of the reasons that I wanted to even have you come on here was to basically uh, re retell your story of uh, going through Italy. So you t- you did an episode on why uh, entrepreneurs take a vacation, and I I like that. I totally agree. But I want to like. I was following it on Instagram, and it was so great to see you guys going through there. But I want to know some of the backstory of that trip and just, like, the whole experience. Yeah, I traveled a lot growing up with my family. Um, it's just, like, the, 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 it was like the first thing they wanted to do as soon as they could, you know, afford it. And um, I guess I, was, I started when I was, like, nine, I think, or, or I think even five. I think I was in Spain when I was five. And, and we've literally gone every year, every other year since then, right? So, uh, so my family are degenerate travelers. And uh, last year, my mom said, I want to go to Sicily, right? And I was like, okay, well, we're not Sicilian. You know, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. That doesn't mean anything. So that's not why we're going, though. Like, what do you want to do in Sicily? What do you want to see? And she's like, I feel like, and she was reading this thing online, that it's one of the only, like, you know, places, right, that – um, like the roads still aren't paved. Like it's like, it's, it's, it's not for tourists. Like it's, it's literally for Sicilian people, you know, and people like in the know and that's it. So, uh, so we planned this entire trip around Sicily and Sicily was amazing. Um, I don't think it was the highlight of the trip, but, uh, we, we, cause we did, we did Sicily, we did Rome. We visited my family on, on the coast of Rome, on the coast outside of Rome. And then we went to uh, Northeastern Spain. But, uh, that was the, that was the whole, like the reasoning behind the trip, right. To, to get to Sicily before like everyone from my town goes to Sicily, you know? <laughs> Is that why you had that, like, it looked like you had a four-by-four four or something pretty beefy to get around? Oh, the car? Yeah, we had seven people. We was, it, was my, it was my family and uh, meanwhile, this, these Sicilians, you know, they've never seen a car that large. They're like, what the fuck is that, you know? So they called it the bus. Wow. It was it's really a, funny. It was funny getting around. It was all get, stick shift. It was, it was really funny. Did she get the trip she was dreaming of? Yeah, she really she really liked it. It was a lot of fun. It was just funny because Sicily is is real close to Italy, like as far as mainland Italian, the kind of cooking and culture, but it's also very different. You know, when you go to France, you're not expecting, you know, it's different. And, you know, and it's like the same way Spain is in Italy, France is in Italy, right? So you don't compare it to Italy. But when you're in Sicily, you can't help but to compare everything to mainland Italy because it is so close, but the differences make it so dissimilar as well. You know, like their red sauce has like real like weird Eastern spices in it, like almost Arab, like, you know, fusion because it was, you know, Arab for so long. So it was, it was weird. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it was, it was definitely funny. Man, sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really, it was really awesome, man. But how about you guys? You travel at all? 
Uh, let's see. Last time I went out of the country, I was down in uh, just north of Cabo. Actually, that was oh, for nice. my honeymoon. That was fun. But that wasn't that long ago, right? No, no, not too long ago. It was uh, uh, three months or something. So, yeah, really good. So probably probably the best fish tacos I've ever had. Yeah, right? Super fresh. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, they like, just pulls out of the ocean and, and slaps on a plate. It was really cool. But I had never been to that part of Mexico. Like, you know, I've been to the other side, Cancun and all that. But it was kind of cool seeing um, the Pacific side and that landscape of, like, basically desert, you know, uh, southwest desert, um, but, like, on the ocean. Where uh, What's on, your like, your list, like, next? I really want to go to... Um, like Croatia regions uh, and actually maybe in Croatia specifically because I've heard it's like a, a pretty pretty cool area and that you got like kind of beaches and, and forests national parks and good food I've um, heard Croatia is tremendous yeah it's supposed to be and it, like pretty pretty high value too still like kind of like what you're saying about Sicily like somewhat under um or not not, not so touristy yet yeah and naturally the prices you know kind of follow Right, right, yeah. So yeah, that that'd be fun. Um, and then maybe you know Eastern Europe, for like Croatia and like parts of Greece. Yeah, I was in oh, Greece yeah. two summers ago, dude. It was incredible, man. Fuck. Yeah, I like to kind of be like you know, uh, like real, be real local, like eat real, like simple, like you know, local food. You know, I I I don't need to go eat you know some douchey you know restaurant that I could have easily gone out to the Hamptons for if I wanted to. And all of these you know places in Europe, they have places like that, and that's where a lot of people go. But it's just yeah, you know, it's not what I it's not what we go for, you know. So uh, so you end up eating like the most simple like. It ends up being super inexpensive. We ate it was seven people every night on my whole trip for for three weeks in Spain, uh, Spain, Italy, and then in in south of Italy, and I genuinely can count on one hand the time for seven people the times dinners exceeded two hundred dollars, and we ate and drank like incredibly, like degenerates. Yeah, like degenerates. <laughs> like what? Like what? It's insane. You go into the city, you're paying, you know, to eat and drink like we did. If you do that in Jersey or in the city, you're easily paying, you know, sixty-five bucks a head without even breaking a sweat. The city would be a hundred a head for what we did, you know, at, at least. And yet you're eating for, you know, thirty bucks. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. So Christian, you don't like to go to Dick's Last Resort when you're on vacation? Go like to what? There's a place called Dick's Last Resort, and I see them in places like Myrtle Beach or like Atlantic City. And it's just like a like a big tourist restaurant. Oh, is it? No, it's like Margaritaville. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. It's amazing what he was able to do. Oh, I know. I do love Jimmy Buffett. I don't I you know I can't name one Jimmy Buffett song. Cheeseburger in Paradise? I have no idea what you're talking about. Huh. <laughs> I thought I would think either Cheeseburger in Paradise or the song Margaritaville you'd at least Sing it. Sing, sing Cheeseburger in Paradise. Oh. He goes, uh, he's got this like twangy thing. He's like, cheeseburger in paradise, paradise. Where did you hear this music? Has it ever been on the radio? It was, yeah, it's on the radio. It's like summer jams, but my family was really into Buffett. So like growing up, when we would go to Ocean City, Maryland, we would yeah. listen to Jimmy Buffett the whole week. That's so Did you ever funny. go to a show? I've never been there. My siblings go, and I see pictures, and I, it's not for me. Certainly not. What do you call them, pa- parrot heads? Parrot heads, yep. Uh, yeah. I went to a couple. I had a, a, a dated girl in college for a while whose family was like, I guess, I guess they were parrot heads. <laughs> and we went, we went to a couple shows, and oh man, I mean, it's a party. Like, I, I don't like the music that much. I guess the show is probably like any other kind of. 
don't know, like a country show or something. Like it's it's just a a, a drinking fest. Yeah, it's an excuse um, to get drunk kind of in a parking lot. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't exactly. even need an excuse to get drunk in a parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's just a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's <laughs> funny too. You know, you make content and it becomes, you know, you become a, like a character and it's not, it's not a lie. It's just, you know, it's your persona online is just somewhat different or whatever than your persona in, in, in person because you're talking about specific things. You know, I don't always just talk about, you know, watches in real life. You know what I mean? Like that's not, you know, so people kind of have a funny thing. And, and one of the things that we do um, that is different in real life than, 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 than the show is, I, I record like at least two episodes at a time. I'll never record one episode, you know, uh, just kind of like on the fly, right? We always do at least two. And we usually do them around six o'clock and I'm usually having a drink, right? Because it's just, you know, it's it's six o'clock on a Thursday and I'm gonna record a couple episodes, so I'm gonna have some fun. And, uh, and you know, so people think, because everything they've ever seen of me is drinking, they're like, oh my God, like how much do you drink? And I'm like, well, no, no more than you, I don't think. You just, you know, like I, I've, I've just created this kind of misleading, you know, I've gotten emails from like concerned fans. You're like, hey, like, you know, you have to stop drinking. I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like those three videos were all the same day. They were within the same hour. Like just because you saw them over the course of three weeks, you know, does not mean that I was drinking from then to then, you know. Say, so you have that. I never really put that together in the videos, but you also have the drinks in the videos, but then you do a whole uh, series dedicated right. to alcohol and liquor run yeah, the, with your dad. Yeah, that's, so it's it's like, probably that's why I guess I, I caused the whole problem. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the liquor run thing is probably kind of funny how, how it all started. I, um, I, uh, I really just wanted to be in a video with my dad. I don't know. Like that was really it, – it was not like this super smart like decision. It was just like, oh, this is cool. Uh, this is just fun. And then at the time, the company was really small too. I was like, oh, what, what could what could really happen? You know what I mean? Like, what's the worst that this? You know, so what? The series isn't successful. We move on, right? And we just keep doing them. Um, and then a couple of episodes in, I realized that from a from a retail point of view, it was like a, a kind of like a brilliant idea because um, the the fans got a real insight into kind of my family and and uh, you know the, the the character, like the actual kind of like people behind the company. So uh, so it ended up really working out, you know, to our advantage. And uh, and then Liquor Run has become really like probably one of the most liked TNH you know video series. What I think has been interesting too in the past few videos I've watched where you're putting up now like your personal uh, Instagram yeah. and then Anna's personal Instagram versus promoting the yeah, it's one uh, the teenage the, the the teenage Instagram is like so successful on its own like we get stupid engagement I don't even I don't even know why you know because I look at accounts that are just as good or accounts that are you know better or marginally you know worse and they, they you know they don't get this this level of engagement and I don't I genuinely think that we're like we've become kind of bad on Instagram like I've neglected it a little bit you know so uh, I don't know why but the Instagram is in an animal in and of itself. I do think the best TNH experience, though, is following both TNH and your personal account because you get to see yeah. like the daytime stuff, and then when you go out at night, yeah, you're that's the best. The bar. That's the. I have a really weird <laughs> social life, and everyone loves making fun of me. <laughs> I, I like making fun of me. Uh, do you guys go out a lot? Like, do you guys like going out drinking and stuff, like to bars? I used to, <laughs> but not too much anymore. Dude, my my night out is like. One night a week, I'll I'll go out with Becca and we'll like split a dessert and I'll get like two drinks. <laughs> right, that's adorable though. <laughs> that's all yeah, kinds of shit. She doesn't she doesn't party too much and uh, I I probably partied enough for for one lifetime. So for the both of you, <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. 
I never really had any interest in it. Like, even in college, when people were going out, I was like, I'd rather stay in and play video games with, with, right. with people. I didn't want to be alone. But, like, now, my, my wife, we got married before she was 21, and then she was basically pregnant for two years. And so now that we've had, we have two... They're up and like they're up and running. She's been going out to like indulge in the stuff that she missed, and she asked me to come out a lot. I'm like, eh, I'll just stay home and watch the kids. That's fine. You can go out. And so, uh, even if I like could, I've just I'd much prefer to stay in and, and be productive in a lot of ways, like catch up on on work stuff and agreed uh, and get ahead. It's uh, it, it's hard to go out and have fun if you don't feel like you're ahead. I, I just don't do it. You know, like yeah. last night I went out. Uh, I went out around. I don't know, like eight o'clock or seven thirty, and and I was ahead when I left, but then this morning when I woke up, I was behind, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, you know, like I shouldn't have went out, you know, but it is what it yeah, is. But I, I don't really like going out to bars. I mean, it's one of the curses of being an entrepreneur is like there's there's literally always something else to do. You're always going to bed with something on the to do list, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's no such thing as oh, that's it. I did it. It's done. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. But my, I, I, my do, I do like having a, uh, I, you know, a drink at night. Like, if, you know, if I'm grilling, I'll have a beer. Or, you know, if I'm working late, I'll have a, a glass of bourbon or something. So, yeah, yeah. I, but, uh, but yeah, for me, you know, especially, you know, getting getting a little older. Like, I mean, not not old, but I'm 33. But it's, I, I find that like a hangover is is a real thing now. <laughs> like it used to be like, oh, yeah, I'm tired God. or whatever. But now it's like, dude, I'm. Like if I have, if I go out with like my younger brothers and you know they're feeding me shots and stuff, I'm wrecked for a day. Oh, it <laughs> sucks. Yeah. I have that same problem. Like if I have a drink at night, even if I have it at like six or seven o'clock, one my drink whole next day, I'm like I'm at like eighty percent. Depending I on what it is, I would if it's gasoline? like a beer, <laughs> that doesn't matter. But if I have like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like operate on jet fuel. I'm like so a performance fun. machine and you put diesel in there. So it's fun. like, what the hell? I get a good feeling if, I, if I'm going to be bad the next day, if I'm going to feel sick the next day or hungover, I can kind of like I, I really can tell at night, even if it's just by a drink, by one, by one extra drink. And, uh, and I have this ritual where I, um, I, I drink – obviously I drink a ton of water, take ibuprofen, and eat a lot of turkey. And, uh, and, and I'm, yeah, turkey, it's like the most, you turkey. know, kind of, you know, right mile down the road, like right down the middle kind of, you know, food. And, uh, and I'm fine the next day. So as long as I, as long as I remember the night before, I'm pretty good. The Zeron <laughs> hangover here is, is turkey and lots of water. I do the water thing, but. Um, How about the ibuprofen? The try that. A new one for no, usually I don't take oh, okay. any medicine or pills. Yeah. I try not I like to. Oh, man. I, I used to. I, I'm with you, John. Like, I don't take a whole lot of uh, medicine unless I really need it, but I'm I'm a, uh, a convert to ibuprofen. I mean, I just. <laughs> speaking of aging, like the aches and pains, dude, like I have like a heavy bench day and like do my yeah. shoulders are just killing me. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah if they make, I, it's I good. It really is good, man. Oh, it's so good. It's like a cure all. You know, it's funny because yeah. my, my, my wife's uh, sister and both her parents are doctors. And whenever I call them, I call them aside, like, hey, you know, I think I broke my toe or whatever. They're like, Gatorade and Motrin. Like, that's all. Like, Gatorade and Motrin. And they're like, right. ice, you know, no matter what's wrong with you. Yeah. It's like my mom. It's like, remember my big fat Greek wedding, like with the Windex? Right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. That's one of the movies that I, for some reason, I watched so many times when I was younger because I, like, had that's it on movie. VHS. Oh, I know. 
So, Christian, it's been like a year since you were on. What have, what are some of the changes you've gone through since uh, since last summer? Um, really, you know, trying to implement you know more efficient systems and everything. I mean, you know, we have a lot of inefficiencies in the company. Every company does, but you know, we're very aware of them and looking to fix them. Right? Like, you know, it takes a long time to ship, and and really, it shouldn't. You know, it takes it takes several hours a week to ship things. I mean, uh, you know, emails are are overwhelming. You know, I have some help with my emails, but I can really use a lot of lot more help. You know. Know. but uh, it's just it's just a matter of finding efficiencies where we can find them you know working with a different shipping company you know uh, avoiding USPS at all costs you know things like that that uh, you know that have improved in the system kind of world but uh, it, you know more importantly on social media we've done real well I mean our our YouTube still isn't you know all that big of a YouTube but we hit our uh, we hit our goal of no we didn't hit our goal yet we said in January we would do 50 we would hit 50,000 this year and I think we're at like 46 so we should definitely pick up the extra four before you know the end of the year at least I would imagine but uh, you know, we had some success on YouTube this week because of this. We, had, we released a Seiko, you know, rants, um, and they were they were successful. But I have a hard time with YouTube. I mean, you guys get a lot of a lot of success, you know, on the medium uh, more than more than I do. I think that's hard to focus on more than one platform. You know, I mean, I think that the good thing is there's a lot of synergy between YouTube and Instagram, and that the same people are on both of those kind of visual platforms versus like reading a blog or something. Right. Um, but but yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, I'm I'm probably a little bit inverted compared to you, where I put a lot of energy into YouTube and and not enough energy into Instagram, but, right. you know, which is which is why my Instagram is kind of you know in proportion pretty small compared to YouTube and the website. But yeah, what do you have like 150,000 subs now almost? Yeah, I'm I'm getting close to 150, and you know I'm at like 14 on Instagram. <laughs> right, it's a huge number though. 150. I mean, to me, it is. Yeah, it's 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 been growing nicely. It is funny though that like and I know you guys see this, but like the views don't really line up with the subs that much. You know, like I mean, everybody yeah. looks at subs, like how big is your channel, but it's really all about the views, right? Um, especially if you're trying to monetize, and uh, I, I, my views are all over the place. You know, compared to my subs, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, we'll hit a dud. You know, we'll just upload a video that just sometimes just duds out. It's amazing. But other times, you know, like this week, I think we did for us, it's 20, uh, I don't know, 50,000 views this week, 50, whatever, which, uh, which is a good goal for us. Cause again, we're not, we're, you know, you get that on a, on a video, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of our, you know, goal. If we can do that, we're pretty happy. Yeah. I, I... Well, in that time, you've definitely become one of the larger, like watch specific channels in the space. I mean, there's, there's quite a few out there, but you see yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 cool because we started off like you know with for the first year I think we ended our first year with like 1,100 subs, or you know what I mean? Like so it's kind of cool. And then you, know, you see people that that explode real quick, and I'm like, shit, you know, you're you figured it out. You know, it's it's <laughs> but good for them, you know. Yeah, the the other day I uh I, I decided to like clear out some of my old kind of you know watches that I don't really wear anymore, and and I put a Instagram story up. And sold like like ten watches like within six hours. I would say, um, and, and I was thinking, man, that's what a, what a crazy powerful platform to sell stuff, you know. So, do you, do you get a lot of customers coming directly from Instagram? Uh, yeah, Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, the whole the whole business is basically predicated upon you know Instagram and, and YouTube. That's the, yeah, we're although we're you know on the on the better half of the. Uh, 
of the um, uh, social end, on the social end, and the YouTube end, on the retail end, we've had a lot of success, you know, a lot more than our competitors because we care so much about, you know, our our uh, our communication and our narrative and and engaging people and and you know just putting out free content. Whereas our competitors, uh, who all I think are older than us, or you know, in in, in time they've been in, in existence, you know, they don't do that at all. They just couldn't care less about you know creating content, and creating community. So. It's kind of a perfect storm, you know. We're doing the right thing, and they're doing the wrong thing. It creates, you know, quite a bit of, you know, uh, a, a gap. Uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, the other channels, watch channels, are either well, they're either just content channels. They don't sell watches, or the ones that do sell, kind of have very, very dry videos. Like here, here's this watch. Here are the specs. You know, you can go right, right here. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, those cool. channels, you know, and ultimately don't get the uh, don't get the backlash that we do. You know, like we were saying before, it's it's amazing. You know, particularly on YouTube, it's, which is kind of a medium that um, almost lends itself to a lot of you know negative comment, uh, negative kind of vibe. Um, it's amazing the stuff that you know the stuff that you read. You know, the, the people's reactions to the you know innocuous, harmless things you say sometimes. You know. <laughs> Oh, it's it's amazing. I, I don't know. I still haven't figured out why people are so fired up on, on watches. Like e even compared yeah. to other parts of fashion, it's it's crazy how how passionate people get <laughs> to, to yeah. use a kind word about watches. Yeah. You look in the comment section of like a car video, and it's like, oh, that's cool, or no, oh, I don't really like it. You know, the other car is better. You know, in watches, it gets like, inc like incredibly passionate and angry. You know, it's it's crazy. Oh yeah. It's actually fine. I did an everyday carry video the other day that that did pretty well for my channel, and I showed the the day just that uh, that you sold me, and then yeah. my I had my car keys, which I drive an old beat up Honda, you know, I drive a beater, and uh, yeah. and I, I had multiple comments like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Like this guy wears a Rolex and like driving a Honda, like what's what's going on? I had people making fun of me. I was like, dude, so weird. Because like, I why are you so watches. angry? I, yeah, it's like why why does being into watches mean you have to be into cars right you know? i prioritize this thing like is that wrong am i you know like i, I made a priority right i mean that's so is that weird so you know people that's that's the yeah but then again you, you you say you're grateful for it because the fact that people do care about your channel one way or the other you know is the reason why you're able to do it you know for a living which is a it's a silver lining that i can see right now but when then i get a comment then i'm like fuck this i hate ah fuck you know yeah you know? It's very That's easy so to true. forget the the sage advice that I give right now, you know. <laughs> right, right. You know, what was weird is last night was the first time in, in my like watch journey where I f I saw a guy who was working the bar at a sushi restaurant and he had a fake Rolex on, and I could tell that it was fake from like across the bar. And I said something to the guy next to me because we were talking about watches, and. Uh, and then I told him about T and H, and he was shopping on your site. I, I oh, that's so funny! But but before that, I wouldn't have cared at all about his watch. But now I'm kind of like, yeah. why is he wearing a fake one? Like, just get a different get an. And dude, that's a hard conversation. Bambino, that's something. I mean, yeah. If you guys don't want controversy, never talk about fake watches on YouTube, man. There is a community of fake watch lovers. Like I've never, like I've never even seen. Like it's it, it's incredible that in, in in numbers they come out in and and what they'll do. I mean, I I got I, I did a video about fake watches and why I don't like them or whatever, and it just got I think like you know two thousand downvotes or something. Like it was just incredible how much people uh, hated me for it. 
Yeah. Oh, it's, I had no idea. It's, oh, you're a snob. I'm not a snob by any means. You know, wear, wear a really cool Timex Weekender. That's the, that's the watch that I recommended my friend buy, you know, but, but don't wear a fake Rolex. Just, just don't, you know, there's, there's, there's no reason for it. You know, it's, 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 it's a phony baloney move, you know? That's I was with a group of guys, and he noticed that I had my Omega on, and he goes, oh, I just ordered uh, an Omega online the other day. And I was like, oh, cool. What'd you get? He goes, well, it's like a fake. It's like a oh, really good fake, though. It was weird. like $200. And I'm oh, like, cool. oh, oh, oh. I didn't the way, and then I, why are you I telling me? Isn't the whole point of wearing there, a so. fake watch to kind of deceive? Like, what, why, are you, why are you admitting that you bought a fake watch if you buy a fake watch? Isn't the whole point that people don't know? I don't know. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I I'm. Guess. Maybe I just don't get it. I it's really weird. That, that is a really weird mm-hmm. thing to do. I, I'll, I'll never understand it. It's, it'd be like you know, taking taking the uh, Toyota logo off your car and putting a BMW logo over it. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't make any. It doesn't turn it into a BMW. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And do you, do you like like for for instance? And, and there's no right or wrong answer, right? But like, let's say you're gonna do business with someone, right? And then you see they're wearing a fake, you know, Rolex. Does that turn you off a little bit does that did you consider that i might try and forget about it because i think it would it would tarnish like what like, aren't what? i seeing about you like, like there's there's got to yeah. be something about you that i'm not seeing you know if you're wearing this fake watch do you know what i mean yeah yeah i would i would be curious if it was like a misinformed thing or if it was like actual deception if you were like hey cool watch and he said oh yeah it's a rolex or if he said oh yeah you know i want the right. rolex but i couldn't afford it I, yeah that, I think that I'd i could try to go it, a little i could get back beyond that i disagree with the guy but i can I, that doesn't bother me but uh there's a guy locally he's like this big like like ostentatious you know obnoxious guy and he wears a fake yacht master too um and and i don't i won't call him out on it or whatever i'm, I'm not that guy but um you know he's talked about how much money he spent on his wife's engagement ring and how much money his watch costs how much money his car is and i'm sitting there and i'm like well i know your cadillac is real like i know that's a real escalate because they don't make fake escalates right but i know that when you look people in the eye and told them that you spend 14 grand on that watch i know you're lying or you were robbed okay but i think you're lying man i hope he's lying because that'd be sad if, if someone thought no, they were buying he's a definitely real one. lying he's definitely lying how do you know that his Cadillac isn't just a suburban yeah. <laughs> and they put a new body on top? They never of really know. Never yeah. Know. Oh my god, it's funny. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know how to get <laughs> us out of this hole. I was gonna say I don't really get the, the uh, <laughs> even like the homage watches. I don't know. It's just something. It's the same thing. It's like just get. I mean, I, I could see a watch having like a nod to something else, but being like. And homage is just to me, it's kind of the same as being a fake almost. It's like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't get the thing I actually wanted, so I got this instead. You know. Right. There's one really cool homage watch. It's also really controversial in the watch world. It's called the Gavril Tribeca. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, the Rolex Paul Newman Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. I just got a text message. Uh, yeah, the Rolex uh, Paul Newman Daytona is a super, you know, famous and and you know, super uh, collectible watch now. They're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to start, and they'll go into the millions, right? Um. But in the in the 90s, there was a company called Gevrol, um, that manufactured, um, I think maybe 1,500 examples of 
a total ripoff, right? Like, the, and, it, and it's a really well-made watch. They really put the time and money into producing this watch, right? And what's really cool is they did that before the Paul Newman took off in value, right? Before the Paul Newman became a real legend. So in a lot of ways, it's it's like, yes, it is a ripoff of a million dollar watch, but it wasn't when it was manufactured and they made it so good and they're limited edition. Like I, 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 I'm, I speak really fondly about them. I'm, I'm a big fan of that watch, but as a whole, homage watches are my thing, but that's an exception for me. Yeah, I mean, that's... Is that the one that you had on Instagram that was the, you called it the Null the, Yeah, yeah, the Null Pullman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I always remember it's that the watch. Pullman. It's, it's the Null This Pullman. is the Rolex's Null Pullman. Uh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so what, what's, uh, what's next for Theo and Harris? I mean, you mentioned maybe hiring... Uh, another another team member, to office manager, and do fulfillment and stuff like that. Would that be the next kind of big step? Yeah, I mean, putting putting the retail business on you know kind of an autopilot would be a next step. So we could really focus on and expand into you know advertising. Um, we generate no ad revenue at all. I don't even know how to do it. You know, so that's going to be you know the next step for the company. Luckily, the retail business is great, so you know it's not a matter of necessity. But I think it's the natural evolution of the company. And if we don't do it, it's just lazy. You know what I mean? Like if if you know if, if you don't do it, it's it's you know. It's lazy. You know, it's not because it's not you can't do it. It's not because you're too dumb. It's just because you didn't go do it. You know, and I don't, I don't like that feeling. So that's, what, that's, that's probably what we'll, what we'll, you know, venture out into. So you talked about UPS earlier. Have you looked in – I mean I, get, I hear the ads for like Stamps.com or Pitney Bowes all the time. Have you looked into some of the shipping services like that? Dude, I, I cannot figure stamps.com out. I have signed up for stamps.com at least twice. I've ordered scales from that. I've never received any of these things. I Is it a pyramid scheme? I don't uh. get what stamps.com <laughs> is, man. You know, like I've used promo codes. Like I've gone through the entire process and I can't figure it out. I obviously haven't tried that hard or that long, but I have like I, I have my Amex bill on my on my desk uh, over there, and uh, it's I left it out because I have thirty five dollars in Stamps.com charges that I never got anything for, you know. So I have to call it back. Mm. The other one I hear now is uh, Pitney Bowes is heavily advertising, which is like a similar thing where they'll send you the free scale and then you sign up for the subscription right. or whatever. Right. But I get a lot of Stamps.com stuff uh, when I buy stuff on eBay. A lot of it comes through like. Stamps.com that way. So it's I mean, I'm sure it's for somebody. Company. I've just had a hard – yeah, someone out there, at least one guy on eBay, you know, is uh, is working. I love eBay, dude. Oh, I know. You don't do, you don't do anything on eBay, do you? No, I don't, I don't buy watches on eBay really and I don't sell watches on eBay. But like I just buy like cool shit, you know? Like I just got um, – Like pimp shoes. Yeah, like pimp shoes. Right? I bought my pimp <laughs> shoes on eBay. Um, I bought an overcoat last week on eBay, a really nice uh, double-breasted uh, like herringbone overcoat. Um, and I bought, uh, I bought a nail clipper that, um, it, it's, it's kind of funny. This is kind of a weird thing. It's, um, it's a vintage, uh, Mercedes Bakelite nail clipper. And, uh, it was just super cool. Like it is just a really cool thing to have, you know, not that I'll ever really use it or whatever, but, uh, it's on eBay and it's an impulse buy. And I was like, I'll never see this again. So, you know, I bought it. <laughs> I use it to fill out. I have every, all right. Up until about a week ago, I had every, James Bond video game, so like from the Nintendo 64 and even... I fucking love James Bond video games. Oh, let me... Don't even get me started there. But I was missing like four games. And so the, for the past like few weeks, I've been like hunting them down. And then I bought like a, um, a Game Boy Advance SP so I could play the Game Boy versions because I'm going to be on a podcast and I'm going to give a complete oral history of the video games. And so uh, that's been my latest thing on eBay is I've got a bunch of packages coming in with old video games. Uh, yeah, I had... Um... 
what what was the game called? It was it was James Bond. It was for the GameCube. I'm sure that you could help me think of what it is. Um, was it Nightfire? Was it Nightfire? That yeah, is Nightfire. The second best James Bond game, game they ever made. That was a great game. Absolutely. Wait, I, what's I number used to one? Goldeneye. Yeah. Oh yeah, number one easily Goldeneye. Number two, okay. Nightfire is like second by a mile. Like the rest of them are all super mediocre and like they were okay made. But Nightfire had like perfect, uh, a perfect engine. They had the characters. They had incredible maps. They had excellent yeah. player. Like Nightfire was so so good, and they've never really hit that again in the series. In my that opinion. was that was my that was the James Bond game. Man, if I if I look around for it, I bet I bet I still have it somewhere. Oh yeah, that was one you couldn't play online though. That's like that was no, it was all four, GameCube, man. You had the four screen, you had the four screens. You play against exactly. four people. That was the best. Your friends would come over and and just like you know just play Nightfire. You know it was like the coolest thing. And like you got you got the golden gun. And that was like the biggest like that was the coolest thing ever. If you got the golden gun, you know. Oh yeah, that was great. Did you guys ever read the the book Ready Player One? No, what's that? I didn't, but I saw the movie. Uh, okay, I haven't seen the movie yet. I was afraid it would, I was afraid it would ruin my because uh, I I love the book so much and I was afraid it would like ruin it. But uh, um, was the movie good? Yeah, that's a super nerdy book. I'm surprised you're. Uh, I guess you're always you're kind of a closet nerd. What is it about? Yeah, it's it was, so it's it's about um it's like the not too distant future. I think it's like 2050 something, uh, and it's it's kind of like the internet is basically this like this virtual reality place now uh, called the Oasis. So it's basically the internet has become 100% virtual reality. That's how you access it. And it's just about this, like, this whole adventure kind of treasure hunt thing. It's 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 very, like, sci-fi. Um, I'd say if you liked, like, Ender's Game or anything like that, you'd probably like this book. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, it just made me think. Of, it, it, it's, it's very, like, 80s. Like, if, if you grew up any time, like, the 80s or 90s, like, this book just is, like, filled with, like, really rich, like, detail and, like, throwbacks to that era. And so it's been making me. Uh, so I, I read the book, and then they came out with the audio book, which is um, the voiceover is Will Wheaton, you know, who's who's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Stand by Me, Star Trek, yeah. all that. Um, he's does an awesome job. So I'm listening to the audio book now. I'm like, man, I shouldn't have sold my Nintendo. You know, like, <laughs> it's making <laughs> me all nostalgic awesome. for this stuff. Yeah, it's, I love the N64. Oh um, man, yeah. I mean, I definitely had like just regular NES back in the day, and then yeah. played. Uh, yeah, like Zelda on 64. And, yeah, I used to play yeah. all, like, the Mario games. Like, oh, dude, those were the best. Like Mario Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, yeah. That was No, that was GameCube. I'm sorry. That was GameCube. You know, I never had a GameCube. I, I kind of skipped. Well, I went to PlayStation, which was, like, I'd say my all-time favorite uh, console. Um, and then got a Xbox 360 for a while. And then I kind of stopped after that. Yeah. I never got into Xbox. I never, I never got into reading either. Now that we're on that topic, <laughs> I, all the smart kids read. I, I only, I've only ever really read one. I think I've only ever read like three books, um, and uh, and that's it. And I've reread them too. I like them, but that's that's really it. Do you do audiobooks well, instead? No, I don't. No, I, I no, not at all. Uh, I barely watch YouTube videos or podcasts. No, nothing. So you don't even know like Stamps.com or Squarespace because you don't hear them on every episode. No, I, I see them on YouTube sometimes, Stamps.com. That's really it, though. Uh, they're very, very prevalent in podcasting. I also – I just don't even watch like a lot of YouTube videos. I really don't. I watch YouTube videos more for 
uh, like more for work, like to just to, you know, to learn than I do for enjoyment. Like I just watch the office for enjoyment. Like that's it. That's, that's it. I'm one of those people. What, what do you, what do you do, uh, for your downtime if you have any? I um I like to hang out and have a couple of drinks with 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 you know, family or friends stuff like that. But if I'm in a, like if it's me time, like if it's you know if it's just like alone time, definitely just throw on a movie or or something like that. I I really really like movies, so that's it. I mean I'm definitely not gonna read. That's for sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, we actually we can uh, wrap up with our rapid fire questions. And I just remembered we have uh, every guest we've been asking rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's do it. And it's like one one word off the head, off the top of your head, type of things. All right, uh, Oxfords or Brogues? Oxfords, I, because you made me think of the shirt, not the shoes. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, the morning shower or evening shower? Um, evening. Evening. Uh, your favorite Bond actor? Uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Cardio or lifting? Neither. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought that would come. Uh, the last book you did read? Uh, the Short and Happy Life of Francis Mackenber. Oh, chinos, jeans, or trousers? Um, jeans. No, trousers. Tra- okay, loafers or sneakers? Loafers. And then if you're uh, getting in the shower and you got a like a big day, you need to get pumped up. What song are you playing? Um, for uh, once in my life, uh, Stevie Wonder. Wow. No, once in my life. What is it? What is it? What is it? Um, uh, right? For once, once in my life. What's the song? For oh, once in my life, I won't let sorrow 